This program is presented by the MCTV Network, a service of the City of Midland, Michigan. This presentation coincides with programming on Midland Government Television, covering government affairs in the City of Midland. The following presentation of the Midland City Planning Commission will begin in a moment. The Midland City Planning Commission is responsible for overseeing the City's Master Plan, conducting public hearings, and offering recommendations to the City Council on a wide range of local land use issues. The Planning Commission consists of nine Midland residents who are appointed by the City Council. Planning Commission meets two Tuesdays per month at 7 p.m. in Council Chambers at City Hall. This presentation is provided by the MCTV Network, a service of the City of Midland. Replays of this meeting can be found on MGTV channel 188 on Charter Spectrum, through channel 99 on at and or on demand at www.cityofmidlandmi.gov. Select meetings are available on MCTV Network's Government Affairs podcast channel. All right, welcome to the regular meeting of the Midland City Planning Commission for Tuesday, May 11th. 2021 meeting is being held electronically due to the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Going down down onto our meeting agenda, this meeting is called to order. And if we could have a roll call vote, Mr. Marshall, would you please call roll? Yes. Just a reminder. Just a reminder that we're, we're in location. Location. Do we right. need to put people on mute? Uh, you were kind of breaking up. Right. How about now? Does that sound a little bit better? Yes. Good. Okay. Since some thumbs up. So, all right, Bain. Uh, here, home in Middle of Michigan. Mayville. Here, Midland, Michigan. Rogers. Here, Midland, Michigan. Roderick. Here, Midland, Michigan. Seibel. Here, Midland, Michigan. Fields. Here, Midland, Michigan. Collinger. Here, Midland, Michigan. M. Pinasa. Here, Midland, Michigan. All right, excellent. We have uh, all eight planning commissioners here tonight. Uh, next on the agenda is approval of the minutes uh, from the last meeting, which was a regular meeting on April, April 13th of this year. Are there any changes? Nope, doesn't sound like it. Any motions? Uh, James Bain moves to accept the minutes. Commissioner seconds. Okay, we have a motion to approve in a second. Thank you, Commissioner Rogers. Uh, Mr. Marshall, would you please take a roll call vote? Yes. Seibel. Yes. Fields. Yes. Kohlinger. Yes. Nasik? Yes. Bain? Yes. Mayville? Yes. Rogers? Yes. And Broderick? Yes. Okay, the minutes from the last meeting are approved. Going down on the agenda, we have two public hearings tonight. Um, before I get to those public hearings, I want to go through the public hearing process that we'll be using for these. And I assume we'll be using the same process for the 
conditional use permits. Is that right, Grant? Yes. Okay, great. Okay, first off, we'll have staff presentation and overview of the petition. Then we'll have the petitioner, they can do a presentation or provide comments. Then we'll have public comments in support of the petition if there are any. And if there are any public comments in opposition to the petition, that'll follow that. And we'll have opportunity for the petitioner to provide any rebuttal to comments made or provide final comments. And then we will close the public hearing uh, for, and it's possible, um, can we vote on it tonight? Do we need to waive the rules for these? I believe we have to waive rules, right? You would need to waive the rules to vote on it this evening. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's a possible consideration tonight. Sorry for that confusion, but with the change to the site plans, I just want to make sure we're doing this properly. So the first public hearing tonight under item 4A is conditional use permit number 71. It's a request of Katie Norris to approve a conditional use permit to allow the continued use of a single family residential home at property located at 1318 Lincoln Street. The subject property is currently zoned RB Residential B. So Grant, I believe you're going to provide the details. Yes. I'll go ahead and share my screen. Uh, thank you, Chairman. And as you indicated, we will have a public hearing after uh, the um, um, at the time that you open it up um, following my presentation and then a discussion by the applicant, um, if the applicant is present. Um, for those that may want to join during that public hearing, um, these, this is the way in which to participate by unmuting um, your device at either the bottom left of the screen or if you've joined us via phone, it would be star six in order to unmute. Um, you may hear uh, myself or the chairman speak with um, our um, IT support in the background, um, and they'll be indicating whether or not um, people have been unmuted and able to speak. And so you'll uh, listen for those cues, and we'll do our best to facilitate through that. And I'll also show this screen again at the end of my presentation. Uh, but with that, Chairman, you did indicate that this is um, site plan number 71. It's the application of Katie Norris uh, for property located at 1318 Lincoln Street which is zoned RB multiple family residential. And the proposal is to recognize the single family use that exists on the site um, in order to allow for possible um, addition to the site uh, or to the house itself in the future. Uh, single family residential uh, use is only approved by conditional use permits within the RB multiple family residential zoning district. Taking a look at the subject site, it is on the Eastern side of Lincoln Street um, in the center part of this map in yellow, um, just north of Patrick Road and south of Arbery Place. Uh, this is just east of Jefferson Avenue and west of Bayless Street. Uh, surrounding the site is single family residential homes, um, both north, south, um, as well as west of the site, um, and even to the southeast. There is a collection of, of single family homes that do exist on a variety of different size lots, um, though this specific lot is a very common size lot um, in the area. Um, and um, is an older part of the city um, with a number of homes that were built all around that same time. Immediately to the east in this vacant parcel that you see here, um, which is also shown in kind of this larger map, uh, the zoning map here, uh, this is the city-owned park, um, and then the balance of the vacant area that is primarily wooded is still held privately um, off to the east of this site. Um, but the zoning map for this particular area is RB multiple family residential um, on all sides. Um, but there is a collection of zoning in the surrounding, which includes community down in the green belt between Patrick and Lyon 
um, road uh, industrial to the south of that. And then you do have RA4, one and two family residential off to the northwest um, from this site. When we look at our future land use map, uh, you can see that this is planned for high density residential purposes. Um, that includes properties to the north, south, and west, and properties to the east are public parks and recreation designated in that green shade here. Um, that's common with the land down in the green belt and down towards Forney Park, um, but it's high density residential in the area that immediately surrounds um, as it relates to developed property and privately held property. Looking at the non-discretionary standards of the ordinance or um, the <clears throat> objective criteria, uh, the proposal is to permit the existing single family home by right. Um, we do feel that the application has met the district standards for um, the use. Um, <clears throat> as the site is developed right now, it is compliant with setback requirements. Um, if they do seek to do the small addition in the future, that would be something that would be re reviewed by the city's building department and we would apply the um, setback distances at that time to that small addition um, that could be made. Uh, but we feel that it is necessary um, or is possible rather for um, the single family home to be um, added on to um, and still be compliant with district, district regula regulations in the future. <clears throat> with all conditional land uses, there are eight um, discretionary or subjective reviews um, or criteria that should be looked at, and that includes protection of public health, safety, and general welfare, compatibility with surrounding land uses, if there's any detrimental effects or impacts of traffic, whether or not there's adequacy of public services in the area, um, if this would uh, protect the site characteristics, and if it would be compatible with the natural environment and compatible with the master plan and the zoning ordinance. Um, after review of all of this, staff does believe that this application does meet all eight. We did not identify any um, concerns with the proposal um, as it relates to the discretionary standards that you see here. Uh, so with that, staff is recommending approval of this with one contingency and that that would be that this conditional use permit applies only to the single family residential use. And that if there was uh, a desire for any other use permitted by conditional use, um, that that would be approved um, and reviewed separately in the future. Um, so with that, uh, looking forward at the schedule, tonight is the public hearing on this at the Planning Commission level. Um, if you feel all items have been adequately addressed, you can waive the rules of procedure and vote on it this evening. If that does take place, uh, City Council would schedule a public hearing on May 24th and then hold that public hearing at their first meeting in June, which is on June 14th. Um, so far, we have received just one public comment in writing to date, indicating no objection to this um, proposal that was included within uh, the packet that had went out. And with that, Chairman, I will entertain any questions. Okay, great. Any questions for grant commissioners? This is Commissioner Kohlinger. Uh, just a quick clarification. Um, approving this conditional use per permit does not necessarily prevent um, us from from a future developer to apply for this to be rezoned to the higher level uh, use at this point. Am I correct? That's correct. So what I like to think of this as is in RB, you have a, a collection of, of uses that are permitted by right. And then if you approve the conditional use, you would actually add one more use to that. So if the, the ownership of the property would change, they'd have all of those to choose from uh, to be able to develop it or change it in the future. Okay, other questions?
Doesn't look like it. Okay, let's, let's move on. Uh, petitioner uh, presentation or comments? Is a petitioner here and would they like to make comments? Um, we do have a, a call in um, person. I'm going to unmute them in case that is who uh, the petitioner is. And if they want to unmute, they will have to hit star six. Okay, and if you unmute and hit star six and star six and want to uh, speak, uh, please uh, state your name and address uh, prior to your comments. Thank you. And are you the petitioner? Uh, it does not look like that person is unmuting. Okay. It's probably enough time. If there's only one person out there, then Grant, I think we'll move on. So are there any public comments in support of the petition? Same thing, if somebody would unmute and come on and state their name and address. Everybody has been unmuted. Or I'm sorry, allowed to talk. Okay. And then bottom left of the corner of the screen, if they do want to participate and speak at this time. Doesn't sound like it. Let's move on. Any public comp uh, comments in opposition to the petition? Same thing. Okay, after another uncomfortable pause, uh, we'll move on. Uh, is the petitioner there and want to give any final comments? Nope, doesn't sound like it. Okay. Uh, let me know, Grant, if I'm going too fast, but it doesn't sound like anybody's coming on. No, I think you're doing a good job, Chairman. And we continue to watch to see if it changes at all of them wanting to speak, but nothing's changed right. so far. I can't tell, so, uh, and then uh, close, close the public, well, yeah, we don't want to close. Yeah, I guess we're going to close and then uh, consider, yep. So comments, commissioners. Chairman Mayville, I, this is Commissioner Panasic. I make a motion that we uh, waive our procedures tonight and act on this this evening. Uh, conditional use number 71. Okay. Commissioner Rogers, I second that motion. Okay, we have a motion and a second. Uh, there was one uh, contingency, is that correct, Grant? Uh, yes, one recommended one. Okay, so you want to include that, Commissioner Panastic? Sure. Okay, and Grant, what was the contingency again? Well, and actually this would just be the waiver of the rules. Um, so we'll, we'll if um, you want to include that contingency, ah, yeah. we would do that I, in the next motion. Yeah, I, yep. I jumped the gun there a little bit, sorry. No okay, so waiving the rules, uh, Grant, if you would take a roll call vote on waiving the rules. Okay. Uh, Rogers. Yes. Broderick. Yes. Seibel. Yes. Fields. Yes. Kohlinger. Yes. Panasic. Yes. Bain. Yes. And Mayville. Yes. Okay, we have waived the rules. We will consider this. Comments, petitioner, uh, comments, uh, commissioners, please. Commissioner Rogers, I just wanna say, I think this is pretty common sense and straightforward. 
And uh, unless there is somebody else that wants to say something, uh, I would like to make the motion that we recommend conditional use permit 71 with the one contingency item to city council. Okay, we have a motion. Are there any other comments? Uh, Commissioner Bain seconds, and then I'll make a, just a quick comment. And the comment is that neighborhood is basically single family, not only Lincoln, but Aubrey and Bradley Court. And uh, while there's some RB behind, it's buffered by the park. And, and so this is basically recognizing reality, I think. Yeah, thank you. Other comments? Doesn't look like it. Um, I agree, James and uh, Jeremy, this does look like a uh, good petition for us to move forward. So let's go ahead with a vote on the motion. Grant, would right, you so please do a roll call vote? Yes, to approve um, or to recommend approval of conditional use permit 71 with the one contingency. Yes. All right, Kohlinger. Yes. Fields. Yes. Seibel. Yes. Broderick. Yes. Rogers. Yes. Mayville. Yes. Bain. Yes. And Panasic. Yes. Okay, that's been unanimously approved. That will now move on to City Council. All right, now we're going to item 4B, conditional use permit number 72. Chairman, Request, uh, oops, Chairman, I'm sorry. Chairman Mayville, I would like to uh, at this time disclose that I have a conflict on this next petition as I'm part owner uh, of this development. So I'm, okay. I'm to abstain from, from this petition this evening. Okay, thank you, Commissioner Panasic. I was just gonna read your name and I was gonna ask about that. <laughs> Great, thank you very much. Okay, so uh, item 4B, conditional use permit number 72, request of Panasic Property Solutions LLC to approve a conditional use permit to allow the development of a childcare center at property located at 5305 Perrin Road. The subject property is zone RA1 single family residential. And I believe Grant, you're gonna do the uh, presentation on that as well. Yes. Go ahead and share my screen and um, similar process as to what was followed in the last one. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Make sure I get the right presentation. All right, let's try this again. Okay, there we go. Um, so this is the petition by Pro Panasic Property Solutions uh, for property at 5305 Perrin Road. This is RA1 single family residential and the proposal is for a child care center in RA1, uh, which is 
permitted only by approval of a conditional use permit. Um, we do allow other types of child care facilities or residential care facilities within RA1 by right. Um, those are things like family daycare homes where it is primarily a residence, but maybe during the daytime hours becomes a daycare for um, a number of children, usually about six, um, at most 12 children. Um, but this is something that would be just a standalone child care facility um, that would have operations during the day. Um, for childcare um, and would have uh, vehicles, um, parents, guardians, others that would be bringing kids to and from um, that would be utilizing that, plus um, others that may be walking or biking to the location um, from the surrounding neighborhood. So a little bit different and the ordinance has set out a policy where um, we give um, objective and subjective consideration to a use like this through this process. So taking a look at the site itself, it is on the western side of Parent Road. It's south of property owned by the public schools, which is contiguous to Huron Park, which is owned by the city further off to the west. Um, that's the large um, and vacant wooded areas that you see to the north and to the west of the subject site. Um, former elementary school that was off to the north um, east of the site in the property that you see here um, and that large grass area um, here on the, the aerial photograph. Um, surrounding the site, though, when it comes to development, is largely single-family residential uses. Um, you have single-family on Stony Creek um, down to the southwest. You have single-family immediately to the south on Perrin Road and to the east and southeast on Perrin Road. Um, and then you also have single-family on Haskin, uh, Woodside, uh, White Green Drive, um, all of those that surround this area being single-family residential in nature. Um, other uses uh, that are a little bit different include multiple family residential down at the intersection of Perrin and North Saginaw Road. Um, you do have uh, Dow High School, which is at the very small uh, or far side on the south of this um, aerial photograph. Um, and that includes um, or across the street from um, duplexes and other multiple family dwelling units um, along Saginaw Road. Um, of particular note, though, is the state drain that does run through this area. Um, a large part of this area is within the 100-year floodplain, including this property and this structure. And I'll talk a little bit about that here in the, um, the future part of the presentation. But you can see the state drain on this map as it goes um, on the backside of this property and continues um, southeast and um, flows down towards um, Saginaw Road, where it does connect into Sturgeon Creek before then connecting into the Titabawassee River. Looking at the site itself, um, it's a, a, a formerly a church um, that you had a, a main church building and then a small accessory building off to the northwest of the building itself uh, with asphalt um, vehicle access drives that connected all of that. Um, there's two parking areas just to the immediate um, <clears throat> Uh, side of or to the west of rather the east of the structure um, and the west of Perrin Road, um, a northern parking lot and then a southern parking lot. Um, there is a, a part of the site that has remained wooded off to the northwest and that is along uh, kind of that creek boundary um, and some other wooded properties uh, that surround that uh, uh, to the west and the southwest. Looking at zoning of this, um, single family residential um, RA1 is the yellow shade of zoning and that's primarily the, the main zoning district of this area. You do have RB multiple family down to the south as well as office service and community commercial and regional commercial that fronts onto uh, North Saginaw Road. When it comes to the future land use map, um, this property was identified along with the former elementary school um, off to the Northeast as institutional and civic, <coughs> excuse me. 
And um, property surrounding that though is low density residential and that light shade of yellow. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry about that. <coughs> um, you also have medium density residential in um, the darker shade of yellow and then public parks and recreation in the uh, shade of green. Chairman, and I apologize. <clears throat> I'm gonna have to- uh... That's okay, Grant. Yeah, go ahead and take a break for a second. So we'll uh, hold on here uh, while Grant uh, takes care of the cough right now. Hopefully he's okay. Um, so we'll continue with the presentation and go on. I think everybody has read through this at least somewhat. And some of my preliminary thoughts, maybe I shouldn't give just yet, but, you know, we had talked a little bit about preliminary master planning visioning and having neighborhood nodes and things like that. So I have the exact same thought. Okay, great. I will so, be curious what he says with the, the floodplain that it's in and what the remediation looks like for that if it's sitting in there far enough to have to fill in the basement. That would be my yeah. question for him. Yeah, and some of my questions are, are there improvements needed to the property too, like fences and things like that? Hopefully he'll be covering things yeah. like that. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I had, a tech, I had a technical question too on whether uh, child care fits in with institutional and civic. Yeah, that's probably why the conditional use permit because of the zoning as well. Yeah. Uh, Tom, Tom, are you able to go through this or here? No, I, I unfortunately, uh, Grant has it and I don't have any of the materials, so I haven't really been briefed on it. Okay. Okay. We'll hold on here. And um, see, I don't want to get uh, cart ahead of the horse here either with some of the discussion, but uh, I thought just to fill some of the time for a couple minutes, we could here are the few things that we had. I hope you're okay, Grant. I am. That kind of came out of nowhere, so sorry about that. Okay, I hope we weren't out of order. We were just talking a little bit about how this may or may not fit, so. Sure, sure. No, I appreciate you uh, filling the time while I uh, chug some water, so thank you. Okay. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I'll go ahead and, and share my screen again continue on. <clears throat> so mentioning the, the future land use map, this is an area um, that does have a quite a bit of a combination of, of different uses with uh, mixing of residential densities, as well as public parks and recreation and institutional and civic uses um, all in the surrounding areas, well, office service and, and the like. So um, of course, this being a, a formerly a place of worship, it, it's not something that was used residentially, um, but was in, in, instead used as um, some type of civic purpose um, or institutional purpose, purpose in the past. <clears throat> um, so with that, uh, staff's review of the um, proposed site plan that has accompanied this has um, determined that they are compliant with district regulations for the proposed use. Also on the site plan um, of note is the addition of some uh, landscaping, the pedestrian or sidewalk connection that connects um, from the public sidewalk on Perrin Road into the um, internal part of the site, and then the addition of a bike rack as well to be compliant with our commercial building standards. 
as it relates to the discretionary standards for this, um, those eight ones are the same um, as the last petition. Um, things I do want to point out is the type of um, use this is. Um, we do feel it is something that is compatible with the surrounding land uses. <clears throat> do think it's um, not going to provide any detrimental effects. Um, impact of traffic should be rather minimal, certainly at, at pickup and drop off, off times of the day. Um, there would be higher traffic volumes, um, but that would be similar to uh, the functionality of the place of worship in the past, um, just stretched over a, a multitude of days. Um, there is adequacy of public services in this location. And then protection of the site characteristics. Um, I did make, make mention of the floodplain um, regulations that apply to the site. Um, because the structure itself is within the 100-year floodplain, they do have to comply with the special standards of um, uh, the SISD, the substantial um, um, improvement, substantial damage assessment that takes place. And that looks at whether or not the improvements are going to be in excess of 50% of the value of the structure. In preliminary conversations we've had with um, the applicant, it sounds like they will be able to be compliant with, um, with those requirements and not have to do substantial improvements to, um, to the building itself. <clears throat> but of note, it's important to recognize we're not adding any additional impervious area to the site, a largely new additional impervious area. Certainly the sidewalk is, is part of that, but rather minimal. But there's not a large expansion of, of a parking lot or something else that would have um, a big in, um, impact on the flow of floodwaters or um, stormwater in general during precipitation and the like. Um, so I feel that that is um, compatible with the natural environment. Um, as much as possible and that it does provide some compatibility with uh, the master plan and the zoning ordinance um, as proposed as well. <clears throat> Staff is recommending approval of this and we do want to include one um, contingency item, which is that the proposed um, conditional use permit apply only to the child care use center and that any other use would need to go through a separate review process. It's the same schedule for this one as the last one, which would um, put tonight as the public hearing you are able to render a decision this evening if you feel all items have been adequately addressed. And then that would forward on to city council um, for review um, being held on June 14th. We have not received any public comments in writing uh, to date on the petition. And so with that, Chairman, I will turn it back to you. Okay, great. Uh, we did have a few questions for you, Grant, that we kind of preliminarily uh, discussed. So I believe uh, Jamie had something on uh, flood zone and basements. Yeah, I think he's already answered that for me. He's already answered that for you. Okay, great. And uh, James, did you have something? Uh, yeah, first of all, just to follow up on uh, Jamie's question, uh, all those floodplain considerations aren't within our purview. Is that correct, Grant? Um, it, it, they're not in the administrative application of those standards. So um as part of this i think if there were to be additions to the building and other modifications to the site large okay. modifications to the site that that would play a little bit of a bigger role in it but um but simply just applying the the sisd assessment that's yeah but the that, fact that it lies within the floodplain is held by is reviewed by processes other than ours is that accurate yes yep to be compliant with um with those floodplain standards yes and the other one has to do with future land use is institutional and civic. Is that correct? Yes. Now, is uh, uh, daycare compatible with uh, institutional and civic use? Uh, is it, it is. 
It, it so is it would be allowed by right uh, vis-a-vis the future land use, correct? That's correct. Yep. So it's early childhood education, very similar to um, <clears throat> to an elementary school. I mean, that's certainly a little bit larger, older um, children, but in that same type of um, institution providing for early child care and childhood development. And I think we touched on this once before, but I, I forget a little bit, but there, there's no state licensing, uh, you know, boxes to check for a child care facility or would that, is, is that going to happen? Uh, that will take place. So they certainly have um, <clears throat> regulations that they need to comply with through LARA, uh, the state's licensing uh, division, um, and they would have annual inspections that they need to to comply with going okay. forward for the, the actual built environment of the, the property and um, the overall operations. All of that is reviewed by the state. Okay, very, very good. And uh, kind of where I'm coming from on this, I mean, that's not within our purview. We have broad purview, though, just to make sure that, you know, safety regulations are complied with. And so the way I interpret that is just, is the is the appropriate body going to be engaged? And if so, fine. That's all I have. Okay, yeah, that kind of fit in with what I had, James. You got you got at the points there. I was wondering about improvements needed, fences, things like that for child care. But that sounds like that's under other regulatory bodies. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Any other uh, questions for Grant, uh, Commission members? No. Okay, let's move on. On the public hearing process, uh, part two, petitioner is a petitioner here to give any comments or presentation. If you are, uh, please unmute yourself. I believe it's star six, starting to I, learn these. Uh, 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 Patrick I, 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 is unmuted. I think he, he wants to speak. Okay. Sure, I will. Uh, yes, I am Patrick Panosic. I am representing tonight Panosic Property Solutions and uh, this issue before you tonight. So just a few comments regarding the site, and Grant did a great job of presenting both the site and, and the neighborhood. Hey, Patrick, uh, thank you. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Could you give your address, please? I'm sorry. My address is 2525 North Eastman Road, Midland. Thank you. And I'm, I'm going to ask you if you can just hold just one second, please. Okay. Wouldn't you know at that exact moment, somebody stopped in to pick up a key. So I apologize for that. <laughs> uh, so uh, again, my address is 2525 Northeastern Road, Midland. So what I wanted to discuss this evening, and again, uh, to augment uh, the presentation by Grant, is that this property has been for sale for a better part of a year. I think uh, close to 300 days at least on the market. And we had first looked at this property last fall and, and we're pretty impressed with it. And of course, disturbed by the flood damage that occurred to this building like many others. And there was significant work done to remediate uh, that damage. And quite frankly, we backed away from it at that time and hoping that the building would be continued to be used and picked up as a church. Uh, but apparently that wasn't meant to be. And I think as most of us know, unfortunately, there's not too many churches being built today. Um, so again, earlier this, this year, we looked at the property uh, through a new lens and uh, 
and, tr and tried to look at what would be a potential use for this property. And we really feel that this, uh, this site, 3.44 acres, is really a gem in the community. And um, we, I represent Panostic Property Solutions and we take that name seriously. We try to look at it from the aspect of what creative solution could we provide to this piece of property and building if we owned it. And uh, one specific need in Midland is childcare. Uh, almost virtually every childcare has a waiting list of 40 to 60 children uh, to be placed. Unfortunately, in early June, there's gonna be one large facility in Midland shut down, further increasing that need. Uh, so we looked at that from, from that lens and from that aspect. And I should point out, I did a little bit of research and uh, this is probably, if, if as childcare, would probably be on the largest site in the state of Michigan, if not in the country. You don't see childcare facilities on a 3.44 acre facility or site. So from the aspect of safety, a drop off and pickup, we also think that that's ideal. So when you drive down a parent road, we really feel this site is predominant, especially on the west side of the road with the over three acres of land. And from Haskins Drive to Moreland uh, on the west side, with the exception of a couple of homes, this is the building and the site that's on the west side. And as Grant already mentioned on the east side is pretty large previous uh, school uh, grounds. So also this facility is within a mile of one of Midland's largest employers and that's Midland Hospital or MidMichigan uh, facility, which we think would further augment that need. And uh, we did reviewed potential use and community need and determined that this building could be an ideally suited for childcare with the changes that Grant had mentioned of landscaping, sidewalks, et cetera. And uh, we think that there are, we think that this would be a very suitable spot for a childcare. We've had discussions with a couple of operators and uh, nothing concrete at this point, but our request is to have conditional use on this building and facility for childcare use. Now, certainly address any questions that you may have or attempt to. Okay, any questioners? Uh, this is James Bain, uh, just verifying that you're largely going to use the existing structure, correct? Uh, we're gonna use the existing structure as, as it is today. Uh, any, any changes primarily will be uh, internal uh, to the building and uh, there may be required one additional exit door that needs to be installed uh, for state requirements that Grant mentioned earlier. And we're gonna do some rebuild of the front of the building, i.e. in the walkway going up to the building to further improve that. But that's- Okay, so this isn't a tear down and rebuild the, the child care. It's largely reusing uh, uh, yeah. uh, that, that uh, facility. Thank you. Ab absolutely not. Much too nice of a building for that. Good. Other, other questions? Doesn't look like it. Thank you, Mr. Panasic. appreciate it. Okay, moving on to item three, public comments in support of the petition. Are there any comments? If you come on, please state your name and address. Star six to unmute.
I do not see anybody unmuting. Okay. We'll move on. Public comments in opposition to the petition. Same thing. Hello, I'm Jim Harlow. I live at 5213 Perrin Road. And I basically object to this. It's right next to my property. Okay. Any reasons for it or? I think it's going to decrease the sales value and appeal of my home when I go to sell it. I'm 71 years old. I'll be selling it probably, you know, 10, 15 years. I think it's going to also, I, I, I disagree. It's going to add traffic. If you've ever been out here, when Dow High opens up, there's traffic going down constantly. It's hard to go across the street. And also when they let out. And as far as child care facilities, there's, you know, down the corner of, uh, of Perrin Road and Wackerly, there's a child care facility right there that also serves as an elementary and high school. It's a good, 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 good area to go to. Okay, thank you very much, Mr. Harlow. Appreciate that. Okay, any other public comments in opposition to the petition? If you come on, state your name and address, please. I do not see anybody unmuting. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, moving on, uh, number five, the public hearing process. Opportunity for the petitioner. Any uh, rebuttal or final comments? Mr. Panasic, did you want to come on again? Sorry, I wasn't accustomed to automatic muting there. So Patrick oh. Panasic, 2525 North Eastman Road. And I do appreciate Mr. Harlow's uh, comments um, and, and, and quite frankly, concerns. But when we looked at the site, you know, with the, uh, quite frankly, parking lot, which is already existing and the traffic flow in and out one way to remediate or at least manage traffic flow. And again, and again the existence of the site and the size of the site and the building in fact is already there. Uh, we do still think that, and again, think that the best use of the facility or one of the best uses would be a childcare facility. Uh, and again, we feel the need is there as, as demonstrated, or at least I've done statistical checks of all the child cares that I could reach and virtually every one of them has waiting list for facilities. So uh, again, we would just request approval of this continued uh, conditional use. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Mr. Panasic. Uh, we will close the public hearing at this time. And commissioners, how would you like to uh, potentially uh, proceed with this or have some discussion? I do have a quick question, Mr. Chairman, and I, maybe you can speak to this or, or Grant. Um, the, the school that was torn down across the street, how many years ago was that operational before being torn down? About 15. Has it been that long? I was going to say it's probably been about um, 8 to 10, possibly 15 years. I don't know exactly when it was torn down, but uh, is your question about how long the school was in operation prior to that? No, I just was curious um, how long ago it it was operational, and I guess I'm just thinking from a from the standpoint of uh, this facility being used as a childcare facility. I think that it fits 
uh, with the surrounding area. We, we have Dow High down the road, Calvary Baptist down the road, uh, a school that was operational um, not too many years ago, basically right across the street. And I, I mean, I don't see how that's going to impact traffic that significantly. Okay, thank you, Commissioner Rogers. Commissioner Bain, it looks like you were going to have a- Well, I was question. gonna uh, just say that I think we have enough information to act on it tonight, one way or another, right? So I, I guess I was gonna just make the motion to waive the rules and uh, act on this tonight. Okay, we have a motion to waive the rules. Do we have a second? I have a quick question. Are we sure. um, deliberating at all or, or discussing this anymore? Or is this? We, we, yeah, we're going to deliberate. Okay. Uh, Mr. Bain uh, had put in a motion and we can deliberate and then we can wait on a second or we can get a second and still deliberate. I'll second. Okay, we have a second from Commissioner Broderick. Other uh, comments prior to uh, discussing a vote on waiving rules? I think to Jeremy's point, um, I have a similar question. Was the church active recently or was that also uh, about 15 years ago? So I, I do believe that there was still activity there prior to the flood event last May. Okay. Um, I don't know how active it was. Um, I can also say that I did, as we were talking, look at the aerial photograph and that the building itself, the school building itself was still there in the 2015 aerial photograph. Um, but when that school stopped operation was probably maybe a, a couple years uh, before that. So I think probably eight to 10 years is a good estimation of when there was last um, uh, classes being held at that facility. Okay, my thought process is if, if a church had um, service there and didn't impact traffic significantly, that would have probably been one or maybe two services versus being dropped off for the childcare could really be staggered time almost all day. So I would imagine there wouldn't be too many bottlenecks in that instance. Um, so I'm not really thinking that there'll be a, you know, a large traffic concern there. Okay, thank you, Commissioner Fields. Other uh, comments? I do want to just address um, Mr. Harlos. Is that the one who made the yeah. public comment? Um, I, I'm a professional real estate agent, and I will say that there is a huge shortage of uh, child care facilities in the area. I myself, having three children, number four on the way, have um, had to hire in-home care and in-home nanny and pay probably two to three times what I could be paying. Um, because there wasn't availability at the time. And from a real estate perspective, having the school right there, the high school right next to you, and if I had the option to have a, a childcare facility that I could drop my kids off that was within walking distance to my personal home, I think you might be surprised how many people would actually pay a premium for that and not a decreased value. Hey, thank you. Okay, let's move on to the uh, vote on the uh, waiver of the rules to consider this uh, this evening. We have a motion and a second. Um, Mr. Marshall, if you would please do a roll call vote. Yes. All right, Kohlinger. Yes. Fields. Yes. Bible. Yes. Broderick. Yes. Rogers. Yes. Mayville. Yes. And Bain. Yes. 
Okay, we will consider it. That was just a vote on waiving the rules to consider it tonight. Uh, further comments and deliberation, please. Uh, Commissioner Bain, one comment I have is the first, the future use is institutional and civic, you know, future land use plan. And this being compatible with that, I think, uh, is a factor in the uh, in this conditional use uh, permits favor. And uh, a daycare is probably uh, uh, somewhere I would imagine on the lower impact to the residential than a uh, other types of institutional and civic, right? So uh, th that is a a factor in my mind that uh, weighs towards approving this uh, petition. Okay, thank you. Other comments? I think it's our job pretty much to just um, say whether or not it checks the boxes, and I do think it checks the boxes. Yes, Commissioner Seibel, I think that um, the, the building being vacant, vacant for a year um, with with no potential uh, at least not that we've heard of, of anything going in there. Um, it, it's nice to have some activity in that and, and to preserve that and to avoid having a building that may just uh, decay in that spot over the years. Okay, thank you. Other comments? Mr. Chairman, uh, Commissioner Rogers, uh, I'm fully in support of this and I would like to motion that we recommend conditional use permit 72 with the single contingency item to city council. And we have a second. Commissioner Seibel, I second. Okay, we have a motion to approve and a second. Okay, uh, Mr. Marshall, would you do please do a roll call vote? All right. Uh, Bain. Yes. Mayville. Yes. Rogers. Yes. Roderick. Yes. Seibel. Yes. Fields. Yes. And Kohlinger. Yes. Okay, we have a uh, yes on that. That will move to city council now uh, for their consideration and potential approval. All right, moving on in the agenda, item five, old business. There's none on the agenda. Number six, public comments unrelated to items on the agenda. So if there's any public comments unrelated to what we've already had, uh, you want to uh, speak on something, uh, please uh, unmute and state your name and address and then your comments. Doesn't look like there are any. Okay, moving on, uh, new business. There is no new business tonight. Uh, communications, all I could say on that is continue to get uh, emails on opportunities uh, for learning uh, through Michigan Association of Planning. And as I say, almost every meeting, uh, those are good opportunities uh, for people to get in. There's some master planning workshops, uh, and things like that that could help uh, for the activities that we have uh, coming up here 
if you haven't attended one of those, those might be worthwhile. And please contact uh, city staff for uh, potential to uh, attend those. And I believe they're all virtual right now. Yes. Report of the chairperson. I think I just spoke my piece there. And then uh, report of the planning director. Uh, yes, so the, the only other piece I wanted to continue on was be next steps in our master planning process. Um, as part of our continued um, dive into data collection, we are wanting to focus on transportation and mobility in the latter half of this month and early parts of June. And so we're going to do a transportation and mobility survey that will launch um, online through eCity Hall again. Um, that will take place later this month. Um, <clears throat> we're also going to have a mobility event. Um, we haven't determined a location or a, a date on that just yet, but we're wanting to encourage people to um, to bike and walk, um, to, to come in a way that they usually don't attend things. So if they usually drive their personal vehicles to try and um, attend the event in a different way, um, maybe even take dial-a-ride to the event. Um, and then we want to have some um, outdoor um, socially distanced conversations with people where we talk about mobility challenges and transportation challenges within the city itself. And so that's something that we'll advertise um, once we have a, a date and time um, established. <clears throat> As part of that, too, we also want to do a, a walking tour of an area where we'd encourage people to look at pedestrian design. Um, similar to what we did in the downtown with the walking tour on uh, Buttle Street a couple of years ago, um, where we really want people to, to look intentionally about the things that matter to pedestrians and bicyclists, or maybe even people with mobility devices, um, things like cracks in sidewalks, um, uh, ramps, and the grades of ramps, um, the widths of the sidewalks, um, the feeling of, of crossing a street and the safety um, components of that, all of those things we're, we're wanting to kind of encourage people to take a look at. So that would be part of that event. And then along with all of this too, we are going to announce a challenge where we want people in town to uh, replace uh, their, um, their personal vehicle trip um, in a certain period of time um, with either biking or walking, maybe taking an e-scooter or doing dial-a-ride transportation. Um, and then think about what that experience was like. Um, so really try and put yourself into someone else's shoes um, for a trip or even a day um, or even a couple of days, depending on how um, um, eager people would want to be on that. But um, our hope is that we can get people to experience mobility in a different way. And as part of that, have a broader appreciation for people that um, maybe can't drive or have aged out of driving um, and are solely relying on um, either biking or walking or dial-a-ride transportation. So um, we'll do some push of communications out as that gets a little bit closer, working closely with our um, community affairs team. Uh, Grant, uh, this is James Bain. I have on my calendar a uh, planning commission walking tour for Saturday, the 22nd of May. Was that a tentative hold or is that event going to happen? That was a tentative hold. Um, we unfortunately did not have the chance to pull that all together by the 22nd. Um, and actually that morning is going to be Midland Blooms. Um, so a lot of oh, city okay. staff are probably going to be walked out uh, by that point, um, bringing flowers up and down Eastman. But um, but no, we'll, we'll get a different um, date scheduled likely into June um, where we'll announce um, those that opportunity. So um, yep, we are going to move on to a different one. Okay, thanks a lot. Yeah. Hey, very good. When do you think you'll have the uh, data grant on the transportation survey uh, for another uh, session for master planning for the planning commission? 
Um, our hope is actually to have that data turned around and back to the Planning Commission at the second meeting in June. Um, and so um, that would be the goal. I know Tom and I talked about that prior to tonight's meeting would be um, figuring out a deadline in the early parts of June where we'd finish that survey um, that would be available to the public and then allow for a week or two to crunch the numbers and get it back to the Planning Commission to take a look at. Okay, great. Just looking at uh, expectation there. Yep. Okay, anything else, Grant? That is all I have. Okay, excellent. Uh, items for the next agenda. There's nothing here. Is there anything that's cropped up? Uh, was there anything from City Council last night? Um, City Council did not have action on anything. I know they have the um, conditional use permit uh, recommendation that they're going to review at their next meeting um, in May, the one on Bay City Road um, in Gerald Court, um, the single family home that was acted on at our last meeting, which was a month ago. So um, so that's the only thing that council has action on in the near future. Okay, so they didn't uh, discussion and action on uh, commission uh, term limits or anything? Well, uh, there was some discussion on that. So um, I can't update the committee on that. Um, there was a review of, of possible term limits being instituted for uh, boards and commissions. Um, that was ultimately ultimately not move forward with. Um, but one thing that I think we did talk about at our last meeting was at the time of renewal, um, there would be for planning commission in particular, there would be um, a new interview process that would take place. And so I know we have a couple of interviews scheduled for the latter parts of this week with um, those that have a new terms um, possibly starting in, in, um, in September or in the summer. But, um, but yes, that, that's the, the biggest change that I think has impacted uh, the commission at this point. Okay, so nothing on the term limits. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Okay, item number 12. Does anybody want to do the honors? Mr. Commissioner Seibel, I vote to, uh, I move we adjourn. Okay, second. Anybody second? Gnostic second. Okay, we have a motion to adjourn and a second. Uh, Grant, would you please take a roll call vote? Yes. Uh, Broderick. Yes. Seibel. Yes. Fields. Yes. Kohlinger. Yes. Panasic. Yes. Bain. Yes. Mayville. Yes. And Rogers. Yes. Okay, we are adjourned. Thank you very much. Thank you. This program is presented by the MCTV Network, a service of the City of Midland, Michigan. This presentation coincides with programming on Midland Government Television, covering government affairs in the City of Midland.